This is a story from Iceland, and it's called The Miser's Ghost. Now, there was once a farmer who lived on a fine wee church farm. He lived there with his wife, and they had servants working for them. But the thing is, they were making plenty of money, no shortage of money, but there was never any sign of it. The wife would have to beg and plead to get a penny out of this man. He was a miser. She knew that he had money. She didn't know where he hid it, but she knew that he had hidden it. It was kept somewhere safe where only he knew where it was, and nobody else got near his money. Well, one day, this miser took ill, and he became worse and worse, and eventually he died. And his widow took him down, the body down to the kirkyard, and he was buried there. There wasn't many mourners at the funeral. Nobody really liked him. I mean, he wasn't a very nice person. He had no time for people. The only thing he had time for was money. Well, people said to his wife, to the widow, where did he keep all his money? You must be well off now. Not I, she says. I haven't seen a penny of it, not a bean. I don't know where it is. I don't know what he did with it. I've never seen it. I've certainly never got the use of it, and I don't know where he's hidden it. But hidden it he has, because he had plenty of money, but I have no idea where it is. Now time passed, and the servants, and indeed the widow, started to notice that something wasn't right here. Night times were not easy in that house, because it was very apparent that the miser was walking. His ghost had come back to haunt the house. They thought, ha ha, he must have money hidden somewhere. That must be the reason why he's walking. He's not coming back for love of his wife, that's for sure. He's coming back for love of something else that he loved much more than his wife, his money. Well, it got to the extent that the hauntings became so bad and so regular that it scared away all the servants. And in the end, the poor widow was just there herself, wishing that she didn't live there, thinking that she should maybe move, go back home uh, to where she came from. Uh, it, was, it was a terrible time for her. Now, one day, around harvest time, there was a man came to the farm, knocked on the door. The widow answered it. I'm a labourer, he said, and I'm looking for work. I wonder if you have any work here and there for the harvest. I have plenty of work for the harvest, she says, and I don't have a servant to carry it out. Well, your problem's solved, he said. Here I am. I'll work for you, if you'll hire me. I would love to, she said, but I can't really. Why not? No money? Well, not much, she says. But it's not that. What is it, then? Well, it's my husband. Ah, jealous is he. 
No, dead, actually. But he's haunting the place. He comes here every night. It's thought that he was a miser. I mean, we all knew that. But he must have money hidden somewhere. But he comes back to the farm every night. And he's driven away all the servants. And it would be the same with you. You just couldn't stand it. You would be away within a week. Ah, listen. Don't judge a book by its cover, says the man. I'm not not as scared as that. You see, I'll work for you. And I'm not fussed about a ghost. I'm not worried about him. Well, if you're sure, I'm certain, he said. Don't you worry about that. So the woman, very happily, the widow, employed the labourer, and he set to work, and he was a great worker, and she was so thankful for him, because he worked so hard. And she, although she was still a young woman, you know, it was too much for one person to do. It didn't matter if he had superhuman strength, it was still too much for one pair of hands, but he made life a lot easier. Now, sure enough, the servant was lying curled up in the bed one night when he heard the noise, and it was the ghost of the miser, and he was back into the house again. And, well, he was a brave man. He paid no attention to him. The next morning, the widow asked if he'd seen him. Yes, he said, I'd seen him. And it didn't put you off? No, not at all, he said. No, no, I've seen worse. So, that was that. They said, well, you know, he must have money hidden around here somewhere, otherwise he wouldn't be walking. Yeah, said the man, I wonder where that money is. That would really help you out if you knew where that was, wouldn't it? Help me out, says the widow. Oh, it would make my life completely different. I mean, well, says the man, hmm, well, maybe I can help. So that day he went down to the market, and he bought some sheets of tin. Now he was a very skilled tinsmith, and he made himself a breastplate out of tin. He also made him a pair of tin gloves. When he was at the market he also bought some white linen, and he sewed himself a shroud, like he would put on a corpse. And he put them away, safely, and waited. Now, when it got dark, and everybody was in bed, the servant got up, he put on the breastplate, he put on the uh, the tin gloves, and he put on the white shroud over the top of them, and he headed off down to the kirkyard. Now, he hung around the grave where the miser was buried, And as he was wandering to and fro, he was playing with a silver coin, tossing it up in the air and catching it, playing with it between his fingers. And sure enough, after a wee while, up pops the ghost of the miser right out of his grave. Who are you? said the miser's ghost. Are you one of us? Oh, yes, said the man. I am a ghost indeed. I don't believe you, he said, and said the miser's ghost, I don't believe you, let me see. So he felt him on the one hand, and the hand was cold and hard, 
Oh, yes, said the miser, you're a ghost, all right. But what brings you here? Why are you wandering around the kirkyard here? Well, said the man, I'm just here to play with my silver coin. And sure enough, he was playing with a silver coin. And the miser kind of looked at that and went, <laughs> Is that all you've got? And he turned around and he ran over to the kirkyard wall and leaped over it in a bound and up the hillside. Well, the man followed him. He ran like the wind until they came to the corner of a field next to the house where the miser had lived. And there he kicked over a little, little hummock and he pulled a stone back, and there underneath it was a money chest. And he took it out, and he opened it, and that chest was full of coins. It was full of money, more money than the man had ever seen before. And the ghost started to play with it. He gathered up handfuls of these coins, and he poured it over his head. And he carried on doing that all night. And the man played along with him as well, playing with the money too, pulling it out. Now it was getting towards dawn. And the miser's ghost said, I think it's time to get back to our graves. We need to get back to our holes. We'll need to bury this chest again. And he starts gathering the coins up. But every time he gathered the coins up, the man kept pulling them out and playing with them, scattering them all over the ground. And the miser's ghost started to become mad, and he started to become suspicious. And he said, Are you really a ghost? Yes, I am. I don't believe you. And he grabbed them by the other hand. But of course, it had the tin glove on it. He felt cold, hard hand there. And he said, hmm, you are a ghost as well, aren't you? And he started to gather up all his money. Well, the man kept playing with the money. Oh, let's count the small change, he said. And he pulled out more of the handfuls of these coins and scattered them over the ground. And the miser's ghost was getting furious with this. Every time he got all his coins back in the chest again, this idiot was pulling them out. And he was getting mad. And he said, Are you really a ghost? And he felt him on the chest. But he was wearing that tin breastplate. And sure enough, his breast was cold and hard as, hard as metal. And he said, Yes, you are a ghost. And then the man thought that he had pushed his luck far enough for the miser's ghost. It was coming towards dawn. And he said, would you mind if I put my silver coin in your treasure chest? And the miser, of course, smiled and said, Well, of course, thinking another coin among mine. <laughs> Great. So he dropped the silver coin into the money chest and he filled it back up and closed the lid and buried it under the stone and put the hummock back in place. And then they headed down to the kirkyard, down to the graves. And when they got there, the miser's ghost said to the man, Where's your hole? On the other side of the other church, said the man. Well, you go there first. You go into your hole first. No, 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 after you, said the man. No, you first. No, no, I insist, said the man. After you. Well, they argued back and forth until they had a cock crowing. And then the miser's ghost sunk back into his grave again.
Now, the man went home, and he got himself a barrel, and he filled it with water, and he put his, uh, his tin breastplate and his tin gloves into the water, along with the shroud, he shoved that into the bottom. And then he went up to the hummock. He kicked it back, he lifted the stone, and he took out the money chest. And then he replaced the stone in the hummock, and he took the money chest back down to the farm, and he also put it in the barrel of water with the other things, so that it was completely covered with water. Well, that night there was a terrible noise in the farm. The miser's ghost was back, and he was furious. He was smashing things with his fist in his fury, going around searching, looking for his missing treasure. He had been there. He'd moved the hummock. He'd lifted the stone. Nothing there. He was furious. And so he was looking around, and the whole time he was sniffing, sniffing for his money, but he couldn't find it because the man had put it under water. And so there was no way that he could smell that through the water. He couldn't smell the earth on it. Well, the man waited, and as the dawn approached, the miser's ghost was forced to go down to his grave, and the man followed him. Now, this man was no just any ordinary man. He knew a thing or two more than most of us, and he knew magic, and he knew spells, and he knew how to keep a ghost fixed in its grave, and he used all the incantations that he knew, and he fixed that ghost in its grave. He could never walk again. And then he went home, and he told the widow everything. And he took out the money chest, and he showed her, and he said, that is your money. That is what your husband should have left you if he was a half-decent person. Well, the widow was so delighted with this, and so taken with what a clever man this was, and good-looking as well. And she was a young woman still, and very attractive, and the two of them, well, their eyes met. Yeah, no, I don't need to tell you the rest. They were married, and they lived for the rest of their days happily, and they lived off the money that the miser should have enjoyed himself and spent on his wife. <laughs>